0: In May of this year, a government government official in central India was suspended for misusing his position and authority. He was a food inspector. But he'd been visiting this reservoir when he took a selfie with his $1,200 Samsung phone. But he dropped the phone. Now, many of us know how that feels. If you've got a mobile phone, you've probably dropped it. Usually it's okay as long as you've got a screen protector and a case on it, then it's fine. Somebody in our house drops a phone all the time. I won't mention any names, eh, but usually it's okay, isn't it, dear? But this guy wasn't so fortunate. Because when he dropped it, it went into the reservoir. But he wasn't about to give up on it. So he initially arranged for local divers to try and find it. But they couldn't. And so he came up with another plan. He organised for a pump to be brought in and to pump all the water out of the reservoir. And after three days of pumping more than two million litres of water, his phone was finally found. And of course it was waterlogged and couldn't work anymore. So it's not surprising this guy got suspended. Especially as water is such a precious resource in that area. And people have to depend on water tankers coming in with water in the scorching summers. It was clearly wrong for him to use his position and authority for his own trivial and personal need. I think think some people think the same about prayer. As Jesus taught of us last week, through prayer, we have the privilege to partner with God in his work in this world. And so we may be tempted to think that it would be wrong for us to use this incredible right, this incredible power, for our trivial and personal needs. Surely that would just be like that government official, using his power just for his own in need of rescuing us foe But we'd be wrong if we thought that. Yes, through prayer, we are invited to be involved with God in His work in this world, but also through prayer, we are encouraged to express our dependence on God, even for our basic everyday needs. So we're going to continue uh, looking through uh, the, the Lord's Prayer or the Our Father uh, this morning. We're going to read from Matthew chapter 6, verse 9 to 13. And Rose is going to come and she's going to read that for us again. Thank you very much, Ross. hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. One. Thank you very much, Ros. In this pattern for prayer, Jesus started with incredibly lofty themes. He reminded us that God is our perfect and powerful Father who rules and reigns in heaven. And he encouraged us to pray for God's name to be revered as as holy, for God's kingdom to come, for God's will to be perfectly done on earth, just as it is in heaven. And then Jesus taught, Talked about bread. Give us today our daily bread. After the heights of verse 9 and verse 10, verse 11 comes as a shock. It's so mundane. It's so material. In fact, it was so strange to some people that many people, teachers, Bible teachers of the past, they thought that that must be wrong. Yes, Jesus said bread, but he didn't mean bread. And so in their, their cleverness, they allegorized this petition. They said Jesus must have meant spiritual bread. Maybe the bread of God's Word. Or maybe the bread in the Lord's Supper, in communion. Maybe that's what Jesus was asking us to pray for. But maybe Jesus meant exactly what he said. He wanted us to pray for bread. Bread has all, of course, been an important staple staple food for centuries. It's one of the oldest human-made foods in the world, according to archaeologists, and it's still one of the most, and it was one of the most regularly consumed foods in the first century Israel. And it's still the same in 21st century Ireland. In Europe, in general, on average, we consume about 50 kilograms of bread a year per person. That's three or four slices of bread a day. Now, maybe some of you don't eat bread, but some of us eat probably too much of it. So bread is one of the basic foods that we eat. It's not like cake or chocolate. Or caviar. They're they're luxuries. They're optional extras for our lives. They might be nice, but we don't really need them. But bread is, is a symbol of what we need to eat to live. It's a necessity of life. An everyday requirement to survive. And that's what Jesus wants us to pray about. Yes, we can pray about big prayers for our lives to be transformed, for the gospel to be preached, for people to come to Christ, for the church to grow, for our nation to come to Christ, for Jesus to come again. They're big prayers. But we are also encouraged to pray, in a sense, small prayers for our everyday personal basic needs for the food we eat for the health we require for a place to stay and call our home for our finances for our safety for friendship and love so this is i think is the lesson from this pattern of prayer We can never pray a prayer that is so too big for God to handle. And we can never pray a prayer that's too small for God to be interested in. Nothing is too big for God to handle and nothing is too small for God to say, Oh no, I'm I'm not interested in that. Please don't talk to me about that. So Paul wrote, do not be anxious about anything. But in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. It doesn't matter how small or trivial or insignificant in the big picture, our needs are. Jesus wants us to pray about everything that we need. And that's because he wants us to understand that our Heavenly Father is the generous giver who provides all that we need. We are to ask him, give us today our daily bread. We're to ask God to give. Yes, of course, if we're able to, we should work to provide for ourselves. This is what something that that Paul taught. He says to them, eh, to the Thessalonians in two Thessalonians, three and ten: If a man will not work, he shall not eat. That doesn't rule out receiving help or social welfare if we're unable to, or, uh, or unwilling, or not unwilling but unable to find work or able to work. Paul also told us or, or taught to provide for people in those kinds of circumstances. But it does mean in general, here's a general principle, that God wants us to be active and involved in providing for ourselves. We were made to work, and so we honour God when we do that. But the reality is, wherever we get our money from, wherever wherever we get our food from, or everything else that we need from, whether it's from our parents, Or from the government, or for investments, or from an employer. Ultimately, everything that we have is from God. This is what James says in James chapter 1. Every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father. Our intellect, our energy, Our strength, our creativity, our opportunities, even our own very life, all of it comes from God. And so there is no such thing as a self-made man or woman. We can't proudly think, well, I can look after myself. I can provide for myself. I can make it on our own. Deuteronomy 8 and 18 says this, Remember the Lord your God, for it's He who gives you the ability to produce wealth. Everything comes from God. And so Jesus taught us to pray, give us today our daily bread as an expression of our humility. It's a recognition that everything that we have is ultimately from God. It is our declaration of dependence on Him. But it's also our declaration of our trust in Him. A couple of months ago, friends and family of a guy called David Burton gathered at his funeral near the city of Liege in Belgium. But as his service was about to begin, a helicopter landed just near them in a field just beside them. And out of that helicopter stepped David himself, accompanied by a camera crew. Incredibly, David, who's a TikToker, which I didn't think was a job these days, but, uh, but it so is, he'd set the whole thing up. <clears throat> he'd faked his own death. He'd staged his own funeral. He'd even got one of his kids to post a tribute to him on social media. Why did he do all this? Well, the reason why he did this was because he felt left out and unappreciated by his family. And he wanted to find out who really loved them, who would come to his funeral, and how upset they would be. Not a very nice thing to do to your family, I would imagine. But it's also kind of sad, isn't it? Kind of sad that this guy felt that he had to do this to prove whether people really did care about him or not. But the good news is this morning, We don't need to do that with God. We do not need to do that with God. We do not need to put God to the test to see if He really does love us or not. He is our Heavenly Father. And He does care about us, even in the smallest details of our lives. And He wants us to trust in Him for all that we need. Later in this Sermon on the Mount, Jesus said this, Do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Of course, this does not mean that God will always give us everything that we ask for. Sometimes He might say, well, it's not yet. Sometimes He might say, no to us. But it does mean that even in times of plenty, or in times of want, we can trust that our Heavenly Father knows what we need. That He loves us, that He cares for us, and that He's committed to providing for us. Whatever we really need. My God will meet all your needs according to His glorious riches in Christ Jesus. Not all your wants, of course, but all your needs. Not just according to our needs, but according to His glorious riches in Christ Jesus. How can we be sure of that? How can we be sure that God really does love us and is committed to providing for us? Well, it's not by looking at the circumstances of our lives. It's not by opening the fridge and see how well stocked the, the, our shelves are. It's not by looking at our, our bank balance and see how, hel- how healthy they are. It's not by looking in the mirror and see how strong our bodies are. But rather it's by looking to Jesus. And seeing him lay down his life for us on the cross, that's the proof, that's the evidence that he who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also, along with him, graciously give us all things? Basically, how could we ever question God's love and commitment to us when we look at the cross? So we're to pray for God to give us what we need. And when we pray like this, we're going to be filled with gratitude. If we realize that everything that we are and have is a gift of God's grace, however it comes to us, then we should be people who are always giving thanks to God our Father for everything in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. And this is how we honour and glorify God. By humbling ourselves. By expressing our dependence on God. Our trust in God. And our gratitude to God as the giver of all that we need. So a guy called John Piper says, he said this, Prayer is the turning away from ourselves to God. In the confidence that He will provide the help we need. Prayer humbles us as needy and exalts God as wealthy. But did you notice that Jesus told us to do this every day? Verse 11 again. Give us today our daily bread. When Israel was rescued from slavery in Egypt, they wandered in the wilderness for 40 years. During that time, God provided them bread. They called them manna. Every day. It kind of formed on the ground after the dew was on the ground. And each morning, everyone gathered as much as he needed as it says in Exodus chapter 16. But they could only gather what they needed for that day. They couldn't store it up for the next day, apart from on the on the sixth day, when they had to gather double so they would have food for the Sabbath day without having to go out and work on the Sabbath. And so in this, day, this way, God was teaching them to depend on him every day. Don't go out and grab as much as you can. But trust that God would provide what you need today. And he'll provide that today. And tomorrow, God will provide again what you need tomorrow. And the next day. And the next. As Jesus said later in the sermon, he wanted them not to worry about tomorrow. Now, this should have taught the nation of Israel to be content. It says in, verse, in chapter uh, 16 of Exodus, He who gathered much did not have too much. And he who gathered little did not have too little. Each one gathered as much as they needed. They should have been satisfied because God provided them all they needed each day. Unfortunately, they didn't develop this attitude. Instead, they, they grumbled against God and against Moses. This is what they said later on. Why have you brought us out, up out of Egypt to die in the desert? There is no bread, there is no water, and we detest this miserable food. What an incredibly ungrateful attitude. God had rescued them. God had provided them provided for them this miraculous food that just appeared on the ground for them and yet they were discontent with what they had actually they longed to go back to Egypt to eat the food that they had in Egypt kind of forgetting about the slavery and the, the, the cruelty and the hard work and the, and the death and, the, and all that stuff that happened in Egypt they were rebelling against God they were criticizing his character and his love. They were complaining that God was not good and his gifts were not enough. And as a result, God judged them so severely. And we need to guard against that same discontent in our lives. If we complain about what God, what we have or what we don't have then we're really saying that what God has given us today is not enough. We are questioning His goodness and His love. But praying, give us today our daily bread, is like an antidote for this discontentment. It's an antidote to this greed is so prevalent in our society where you're you're we are urged to go out and get as much as we can so praying this helps us not to run after all of that that the world offers but encourages us to simply trust in God to provide for our daily needs our basic requirements so Paul says in one Timothy chapter six But godliness with contentment is great gain. For we brought nothing into the world and we can take nothing out of it. But if we have food and clothing, we will be content with that. It's like the prayer of a guy called Agar in Proverbs chapter thirty. This is what he asked in prayer. Keep falsehood and lies far from me. Give me neither poverty nor riches, but give me only my daily bread. Otherwise I may have too much and disown you and say, Who is the Lord? Or I may become poor and steal and so dishonor the name of my God. This guy, he didn't seek after poverty as if there was something good in being in need. He knew that being poor was a challenge and would challenge his commitment to live and honour God with honesty and integrity. But neither did he ask for wealth and riches because he knew the temptation would be to look to what he had for his safety and his security and his satisfaction instead of looking to God. And so he had just simply asked God for his daily bread. Just to provide what he needed for that day. So that tomorrow, he would again depend on God to provide for his needs. So give us today our daily bread. It's the childlike faith that God wants us to grow in. Not a desperate longing for more and more stuff as if money and possessions and resources can meet our deepest needs. But instead, daily dependence on God that He will provide what we need today. And that we can trust in God that He'll provide tomorrow what we need tomorrow. It comes because, as Lamentations chapter 3 says, His compassions never fail. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. But just finally, we're not just to pray this for ourselves. To pray, give us today our daily bread, is to ask God to provide for what I personally need. But it's also to pray for what our brothers and sisters also personally need. This is a community prayer. It's a prayer that expresses genuine concern for all of us. So this is not a prayer of competition. We're not praying for my needs to be met and and others to go hungry. We're not praying for for me to be looked after and who cares about everybody else. As we recognize recognize our needs and pray for God to provide for them, we're called to recognize other people's needs too. And pray for God to provide for them too. Each of you should look not only to your own interests, but also to the interests of others. And this prayer helps us to do that. But if we're going to pray this genuinely, folks, then we maybe need to be willing to be the answer to our prayers as well. In the early church in Jerusalem, there were no needy persons among them. Nobody suffered in poverty. Nobody went hungry. Nobody was homeless. But that wasn't because God miraculously somehow dropped money from the skies. This wasn't another manna situation where they got bread from heaven. This was because, excuse me. This was because from time to time, those who owned lands or houses, sold them, brought the money from the sales and put it at the apostles' feet. And it was distributed to anyone who had need. This is because of the generosity of God's people. And that's how God often provides for us. Through the generosity of others. So as we pray, give us today our daily bread. then we need to also be asking God, God, who do you want me to reach out in compassion to today? Whose need have you asked me to meet? Because that's how we follow in the footsteps of Jesus. He was the one who, though he was rich, yet for your sakes became poor, so that you, through his poverty, might become rich. And as followers of Jesus were called to give, Because He first of all gave to us. So today, we pray. Give us today our daily bread. In some ways it is a small prayer. And yet we can pray in the confidence that our Heavenly Father is interested in even the everyday tiny details of our lives. It is a humble prayer. As we express our complete dependence on our gracious Father to provide all that we need. It is a daily prayer. As we rest in our generous Father, what He provides every day. Thankful that His compassions are new every day. And it's a community prayer. As we follow in the footsteps of Jesus. And look not only to our own interests but also to the interests of each other.